Session 30 of the Law of One. Let's get into the mind-body-spirit complex, death, and a couple minor questions about evolution. Let's begin. The way we're going to approach the mind-body-spirit complex in this session is a little bit more in-depth than we have in the past because we know that the mind-body-spirit complex is referred in general to us humans, but we know it goes beyond that. There is a mind-body-spirit complex that exists in time-space or metaphysical self, which is more in line with the true self that we represent in this reality um, doesn't mean that is the true self of the one being the creator or the only self that exists but just for the purpose of of the creation we have the mind body spirit complex we're going to explore a couple of things here that start to make sense with the model that we have discussed so far and as we've gone through the progression of knowing how this law of one model works, it starts making more sense. So this, as usual, it's nothing final. It's just another way to see different angles of the same information that is always in essence the same, but it helps us differentiate the uh, different parts that are making the individual in our reality and space-time and the individual soul, if you will, that exists in time-space. So all of this again is just to make a little bit more sense of all the things that uh, we have discussed. And we're going to discuss at least two good questions about the mind-body-spirit complex that Don had. And that is going to clarify a lot of things and give us perspective of how this, this whole one mind really works. So I'll try my best to do that. I wish I could expand on this for hours because every time I think about it, to be honest, and before I start, I have to say that I just keep thinking of things that I can fit into this notion or understanding of the mind itself, because we're going to concentrate a lot on the mind. If you have noticed, we've talked about the mind as something that, first of all, creates the body. And the mind process the spiritual importings. So the mind is almost like the PC, the computer, the one that does all the processing, that manages all the information, that generates the projection, that takes in the energy from the electricity and transforms it into um, coherent patterns that we can understand in the computer. So that's why it's often said that the CPU is the mind, but I would say the whole PC, and I'm talking about the box itself, um, the body may be only an illusion, which is like the monitors. The monitors actually project things out from what the computer is informing, but it's not doing any of the work. It's all the mind, so it's all the computer. And the electricity could be seen, and again, I'm just coming up with this, but it's a good example. Uh, the, the electricity could be seen as the spiritual inpourings. And this is a very simplified, you know, analogy, but it kind of illustrates the importance of 
the mind to project everything and knowing that energy is everything so we just have an arrangement of it and you know within that we can take these questions and play with it and kind of have an idea of how our mind works knowing that there's only one mind and how it starts kind of creating strata so we can have a more differentiated experience which is all that this creation is about so with that introduction we're going to talk about death also which touches on the previous points about mind and the spirit complex and we will go on to the last questions that i have for this first part is uh evolution um just a couple of questions that don as in evolution that it's gonna help uh create the the base for next part where we're gonna get into more of evolution but in this one, I really want to concentrate on talking about the mind-body-spirit complex since it's actually the first time we get into sort of an in-depth analysis of what it is that, that exists in this, um, this projection of the self that we know as the mind-body-spirit complex. So with that, uh, I think it's a pretty good um, introduction again to go into the first question. Uh, this first question... Don is uh, going to make a statement, and uh, let's pay attention to the statement so I don't I don't repeat it because uh, as usual he's going to ask if he's if it's correct, and Ra is going to say say that it's basically correct with um, just a minor thing. I'm going to as once I finish the question, I'm going to do you know a couple of clarifications that I feel that are important. And then, you know, Ross, it's going to explain a couple of other things. So that's going to lead us into the uh, most important question of this part, this first video. So again, Don is going to ask this question. And he says, question 30.1. I'm going to make a statement and then let you correct it if I have made any errors. This is the statement. Creation is a single entity or unity. If only a single entity exists, then the only concept of service is service to self. If this single entity subdivides, then the concept of service of one of its parts to the other parts is born. From this concept springs the equality of service to self or to others. It would seem that as the logos subdivided, parts would select each orientation, as individualized entities emerge in space-time then I would assume that they have polarity. Is the statement correct? So my introduction here is that, um, like Ra would say, you know, this is uh, precisely correct with only one stipulation that we're gonna read. Uh, but Don's question here is, is trying to find if polarity exists because of the true nature of the one creator. If there is only one creator, any service is to self. However, if that creator is separated into uh, holograms of itself or holographic projections of itself, then the concept, the concept of service to self becomes service to others, even though others are illusions. But we recognize each other as one, as opposed to the service to self within the holographic projection of an individual part of itself being a, an illusion of the his own uh, acceptance so that's what don is trying to get 
The only thing I would say is that to me, because we're talking about the one infinite creator, we're talking about infinity. Infinity um, doesn't have a service itself. It's impossible to attribute any sort of characteristic to infinity because it contains everything. And uh, I wouldn't say that there is a service to self implicitly in, um, in the one creator. Uh, Ra doesn't mention this. This is just my speculation, a little bit of philosophy there, just to conceptualize the unconceptual part of the, um, the one infinite creator. But certainly we can't uh, attach any meaning to it. So I just wanted to mention that. Uh, and give the direction of you know Don's question so we can see what Ra is saying and then we'll analyze that part too. So Ra's answer says, this statement is quite perceptive and correct until the final phrase in which we note that with the polarities, uh, that the polarities begin to be explored only at the point when a third density entity becomes aware of the possibility of choice between the concept or distortion of service to self or service to others. This marks the end of what you may call this unself-conscious or innocent phase of conscious awareness. So, Ra is saying that yes, all of this is true. That in in truth, once we are here, the manifested self, us, does see the self as one. And with that in mind, then yes, there is only one service, which is service to self, and service to others, which means the same. It's also important to mention here, I forgot in which session this was discussed, but uh, Ra said that the reason why service to others is so powerful is because it is actual, actually service to self. If you serve other person and know that that person is you, then you're actually doing service to self by serving others but you're helping or contributing to the whole uh, projection, the, the whole multiplicity of selves to oneness. So that's why it's super powerful because service to self is only to the one individualized self and not to the other. So hope that makes sense because you're doing double work by helping others or serving others in, in a conscious way, knowing that they are you, that they are a representation of you. They're just a different aspect of yourself. And that's why it's so powerful. So uh, they say, yes, it's um, it's correct. With the only thing that they're, they wanna emphasize, and again, this is within the creation. Once the creation has been manifested, they say that there is uh, only one correction, which is that polarities only begin to be explored when we reach third density. Because in third density, is where we become aware of the possibility of seeing others as self or as separate from, from us. So this is where the exploration of service to self and service to others actually begins. Because now you can either uh, use others for your own benefit or you can help others and try to live in a community as is supposed to be. So. You can also live in a community manipulating others, but <laughs> that is the negative path again. Uh, so this marks, this is another good portion of, of this answer is when they say, this marks the end of what you may call the unself-conscious or innocent phase of conscious awareness. You see, uh, words sometimes are hard to use. And I get this all the time when people say, um, 
you know, how dare you say that there is no spirit in animals? <laughs> I didn't say that. That was Ra. Blame Ra. Don't blame me. Um, words are hard to describe. And Ra is actually going to mention something about uh, sort of like that, the spirit. You know, the spirit is always present. But for the purpose of creating a model in which we can understand, you know, we have to put infinity into molds so we can at least, you know, see it. So we can create patterns, even though those patterns may be illusions. Um, so in that way, when we talk about uh, spirit, we're talking about the spirit complex. That's why they also say spirit complex, because it's it's con it's kind of like, like a definition or, a, like I said, a mold. Um, something that, um, that, that creates, you know, a, a structure. And we can see it as a structure. So the reason why I'm saying this is because of the last sentence they say, this marks the end of what you may call the unself-conscious. The unself-conscious is what manifests in first density as intelligent energy. And it becomes entities of the four elements, as we know, which create again through this dense, uh, all the minerals and all the organic molecules. So we can start having second density. Second density further evolves into what we know as life in science because minerals are not alive according to science but uh, again see it's it's about defining concepts so uh, animals plants uh, and actually minerals you know they are a sort of advanced second density consciousness which is there is a thin line between you know what is um, organic molecules and just you know elements around and life forms for example uh, is dna alive it's a virus a virus alive that's a question that science also has you know virus is like the most simple form of uh life that exists so even there we know that there is no you know uh, strict cut in science there is no specific cut that says you know this happened you know that's why we have some so many missing links so again within our model and leaving science <laughs> on the side uh, we find that uh, when, when Ra says this marks the end of what you may call the unselfconscious they're talking about first and second density and so in third density um, we stop being innocent as they called us you know in terms of the direction in which we go uh, and uh, the phase of conscious awareness see conscious awareness is in this case that simple awareness that everything is conscious everything is consciousness and there is awareness in it otherwise it wouldn't be advancing or evolving <clears throat> animals the uh, kind of depict this a lot for us because we can familiarize with them uh, plants do it as well but if we can get a little bit deeper into our imagination we can see uh m matter or intelligent energy dancing around looking for that and that is consciousness that is movement, that is life, because it's, it's seeking the light. And that's the whole purpose of the creation. If you've seen my previous videos, and when I explain the, um, especially the past three sessions, where we talk about intelligent infinity, the logos, sublogoi, and so on, and the creation itself, you see that there is a manifestation of infinity. So the seeking from first density all the way to seven is seeking the light. And that same light seeking is what we see in the um, the evolution of energy, 
the evolution of energy through the different densities of consciousness. Let's put it that way. It's a, it's a dense of moving energy that becomes more aware of itself. And it's going to make more sense now when we get to the mind-body-spirit complex because this is where it's going to. If we see it this way, then we can see that this whole idea is to create the unself-conscious or innocent, as they say, phase of conscious awareness becomes self-aware, which is us. Third density beings, mind-body-spirit complex, and that leads me to the next question. So, Don says, thank you. Would you define mind, body, and spirit separately? Here we go. So, all right. So, before I, I actually go into... Um, let me make a quick pause here. I I have to admit while I'm recording this that I have thought of many ways to describe this this next question. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it as usual. Then I'm going to go back and we're going to analyze it. And we are, are going to then go into an illustration that my beloved Julie uh, volunteer to um, to kind of create. You can see it right here in the background, but she made a much better one. So we're going to go into that, and then we're going to analyze it from there. So I want to describe it usually as I do, then or read it from Ra, then describe it as I do, and then go again with the illustration. So um, again, I'm going to make segments here. You can probably see them in the channel. So you can go in the different you know portions of this description because this is what's going to take most of the video. But I really want to take my time here and uh, not only explain, but philosophize what this means in whatever comes through me right now. Because like I said, I could go on and on and on on this of all the many things that we can create parallels on this and understand even more our own mind, where it comes from and what it actually is in the grand scheme of things. And when I say the grand scheme of things, I'm talking about the whole creation as we have described already. So, all right, part one of... Question 30.2 coming on. This is Don asking the question and Ra responding. And I'm just going to read it. So again, Don says, thank you. Would you define mind, body, mind, body and spirit separately? So Ra says, these terms are all simplistic descriptive terms which equal a complex of energy focuses. The body, as you call it, being the material of the density which you experience at a given space-time or time-space. This complex of materials being available for distortions of what you would call the physical manifestation. The mind is a complex which reflects the inpourings of the spirit and the uppourings of the body complex. It contains what you know as feelings, emotions and intellectual thoughts in its more conscious complexities. Moving further down the tree of mind, we see the intuition which is of the nature of the mind more in contact or in, trune, in tune with the total beingness complex. Moving down to the roots of the mind, we find the progression of consciousness, which gradually turns from the personal to the racial memory to the cosmic influxes and thus becomes a direct contactor of the shuttle, which we call the spirit complex. The spirit complex is a channel whereby the inpouring from all of the various universal, planetary, and personal inpourings may be funneled into the roots of consciousness, and whereby consciousness may be funneled to the gateway of intelligent infinity 
through the balanced intelligent energy of body and mind. Finally, Ra concludes and says, you will see by the series of definite statements that mind, body and spirit are inextricably intertwined and cannot continue one without the other. Thus we refer the mind-body-spirit complex rather than attempting to deal with the separately with them separately for the work shall we say that you during that you do during your experiences is done through the interaction of these three components not through any one okay so like i said i'm gonna go back i wanted to just read all that maybe it'll start you know sitting in your consciousness <laughs> as we go through them and um yeah we'll uh now it's gonna, I'm going to explain them, I'm reading them again, and it's gonna make sense, hopefully. All right, so beginning the question, they go on to explain the body. And the body is the most simple one we can understand, at least within this context. They say, these terms are all simplistic descriptive terms which equal a complex of energy focuses. Remember how we said that we are energy seeking light? That's what we are, we're manifested energy seeking light and within that seeking there is consciousness of course everything is consciousness and in that consciousness we are becoming self-aware that's the point where we become become mind body spirit complex spirit has a huge part to play within the uh, consciousness or self-awareness of itself uh, i'm going to say this right now and i'll repeat it later if i remember uh, but this is the point where, I mean, it sees arbitrary to the sea, but let's put it this way. A mind-body-spirit complex is actually a god in training or a creator in, tra in training. Remembering that everything is the creator, but it's a logos in, in training. I think that's a better word if you follow what the logos is. So it's a, it's a logos and that's why we are sub-sub-logo or sub-logoi in this case so uh, my point is that here you want to remember that that's the evolution of um, if we want to see it from a very uh, uh, simply simple way or mechanistic even though it's not mechanistic um, so we have the energy focuses like they're saying it's a complex of energy focuses and uh, each one of those and combined together it starts training a logos because we are logoic creatures we are um, I well to quote the Bible you know we're made as um, in I forgot what the words are but you know in the same image as God that's what they mean very simple way of saying you know you are a God you are a logos so uh, so that's the first part the body as you call it being the material of the density which you experience at a given space time or time space it's very important not only space time here but time space this is a complex of materials being available for distortions of what you would call physical manifestation so whether we are in space time or time space there is a physical manifestation of the self or the mind body spirit complex uh, and that is called the body so that's why even though we may ascend into four density and that is time space the so-called uh, metaphysical or spiritual realm we do have a body there that's why ghosts have bodies and why entities have bodies of light so that is the body the body changes uh, here is a chemical complex in in our space time in third density is a chemical complex 
in higher densities is more of a light complex. It's more, it's lighter in the sense of more light. So again, the body complex is just a physical manifestation in whichever space time or time space. It's just that, it's the projection of it, okay? So this one is pretty easy. The mind is the one that's gonna take us the longest and it's gonna uh, connect to the spirit, of course. So let's say, the mind is a complex which reflects the inpourings of the spirits and the uppourings of the body complex. Now, the uh, the inpourings of the spirit, it's going to make sense when we go to the illustration and the uppourings of the body complex, it's also gonna make sense there. But um, think about the mind, like I said, the computer that is taking the energy, the electricity, and is projecting it. And it's also taking inputs from ourselves, right? From the physical into the mind to create, uh, to communicate. Let's just imagine that it goes through the internet, right? Probably adding something else there, you know, to the spirit. But you get the idea, you know. Those are the, uh, in this case, it would be the uppourings of the body complex. It's going into the computer, into the mind. So the mind is something that's in between the body and the spirit. And that's the processing unit. So it contains what you know as feelings, emotions, and intellectual thoughts, and it's more conscious complexities. Of course, the mind is the one that processes all of this stuff. Uh, moving further down the tree of mind, and now again, we're talking about the, um, the higher portions of the mind, because there are different portions, as we'll see in the illustration. Um, mover, moving uh, down, moving further down the tree, the tree of mind, we see the intuition. The intuition, which is the nature of the mind more in contact or in tune with the total beingness complex. The mind is composed of different uh, segments and those segments are the more conscious part of us, which is this up here. And in the tree of mind is all the leaves or the upper portions of the tree. Then the intuition is the trunk of the tree. That is the one that is more in tune with the rest of the total beingness complex. The total beingness complex is that self that exists across all dimensions, your higher self and everything. So intuition is why we are more in tune with the with our um, we're higher with our higher self, with Atman. And it has to do with the um, the structure of intuition. Conscious, um, consciousness awareness is not so much in tune with the spirit complex. That's why when we go down the tree of mind, intuition is a lot more in tune. And we can see intuition as something coming from the heart too. Very important. So um, they say moving down to the roots of the mind, which is something now a little bit more bizarre, but it does make sense when you analyze it. Uh, moving down to the roots of the mind, and this is beyond the veil, we find the progression of consciousness which gradually turns from the personal to the racial memory to the cosmic influxes and thus becomes a direct contactor of that shuttle which we call the spirit complex. Before we get to the spirit complex, we have a couple of things to mention here. The first one is that as we go through the roots of the mind, now we're entering the layer of the veil. The veil that is um, is hiding everything that is from the roots. And what is in the roots of the mind? They say there is the personal, so our personal um, unconscious. This is what Carl Jung used to call the collective unconscious. 
that we all you know derive our things from um, our thoughts our emotions our way of beings archetypes and so on all of that is through the roots the beginning of the roots of the mind it's personal it's our own uh, unconscious then it goes into the racial memory racial memory here does not refer i forget if they they probably don't mention it in this session but just to clarify it racial memory does not mean the um our uh, physical appearance that we call race in human uh, society it refers to where we come from and this has to do with cosmic families as we know them too uh wanderers and so on it depends on where so to give you some of the examples that we know uh, from the law of one the martians have their own racial memory the maldekians or people from maldek have their own racial memory the ones that evolved here on earth are also uh, having their racial memory people that call themselves from the pleiades maybe or from other uh, star systems um, we all have our own racial memory we bring them here so there is a mix of that normally and this is a good you know thing to say here too normally what happens is that uh, a planet apparently only has one racial um, or one race okay and that is racial memory is the same planetary memory they don't mention it here but our planetary minds is the one that goes under in the, the roots of the mind it goes after racial memory so remember we're coming from the personal consciousness to the intuition to the personal unconsciousness at the roots of the mind to the racial consciousness or the racial mind and then we go into the planetary mind so i'm mentioning this here because even though we may have different racial uh, uh, say groups in this planet we are all united by the gaian mind gaia gaia is the unity of all these groups all these races that come from different uh, star systems or even planets in our own solar system or the native ones here it doesn't matter where we come from in the end we're all connecting with the same gaian mind at least in our planet i can call it gaia but it goes further than that they say it goes to the cosmic influxes and from the cosmic influxes they mean the cosmic mind the all mind the mind that is shared by all the um all the the the, the creation by all the galaxies this is the one mind that connects everything and you are um you you are part of that i missed one that they don't say here but there is the logoic mind as well this is another part of the strata of where we connect so you see planetary mind now that we have collected everything also has as a connection the logoic mind so the sun's mind or our sun the star and that star connects also to the galaxy and the rest of the galaxies which are logos or logoids and all of this within the mind is what gets uh the contactor with the shuttle that they call the spirit complex okay so like i said you know spirit complex for now let's just leave it as that at that we're going to talk about it a little bit more in the next slide and 
then we're gonna go to the illustration. So let's go to the spirit complex. Spirit complex is a channel whereby the inpourings, Ra says, from all of the various universal, planetary and personal inpourings may be funneled into the roots of consciousness and whereby consciousness may be funneled to the gateway of intelligent infinity through the balanced intelligent energy of body and mind. Um, I'm going to finish it here because the rest, I'm not going to discuss it. And then we'll go into the illustration. And um, But see, the spirit complex, and this will make a little bit more sense in the illustration, I, I hope. <laughs> um, thank you, Julie, again. Uh, the spirit complex is the channel. It is a channel in which all the inpourings from all the various universal, planetary, personal inpourings, so basically the whole mind as we we see it, gets funneled into the roots of consciousness. Consciousness being a very important word here, because in my interpretation, and again, this is just my personal interpretation, when they say that all of this is funneled into the roots of consciousness, they're talking about um, the, the consciousness that permeates everything. The consciousness that is the creator, because the creator is experiencing itself. So that consciousness is that what they're talking about. Not one specific in the tree of mind, which is conscious, but the all conscious uh, creator that is here. And the spirit complex, again, is the one whereby consciousness may be funneled to the gateway of intelligent infinity. So in essence, the one connection directly to intelligent infinity, which is seventh chakra or uh, the octave, eighth density. And that's where all goes through, through the spirit complex. So you can see the spirit complex actually as a shuttle, like they say, a channel, a tube or a pipe or something that goes through. And um, this is all through the balance, intelligent energy of body and mind. And here I am pretty sure they're alluding to the uh, the body-mind that is in tune with itself and that being us, of course. When we are in tune, then we can funnel all of that and this goes both ways. It's not like we're feeding intelligent infinity. Intelligent infinity is also feeding us. It's a feedback loop. So, all right, this is all I got. Let's go into the illustration now. All right, so as you can see, the um, here's here's a tree. And you can see that as we have explained in the previous sessions, uh, not sessions, the uh, previous, well, it almost feels like a session already since <laughs> I started talking about this. Uh, but the upper portions of the tree is what's the, uh, the conscious mind, what we perceive here, what is out here and we see, we engage the logical, uh, the reasoning, the uh, uh, everything that is us thinking out here, all of those uh, interactions that we have, and that would I would call superficial. The ego is also here. The ego is a sort of membrane that helps interpret our own reasonings into um, the experience. It's it's informing experience. And of course the ego doesn't exist in, it, in and of itself, but it's, a, it's sort of like a useful tool that we have. 
and then we go into the trunk of the tree which is the uh the mind uh, that has as they call it intuition and in this intuition is where we start seeing um that part that has uh, the information coming from spirit or the spirit complex and the deepest part of the roots as you can see uh, everything's being fed from the roots all the way up to the tree because uh, the tree is just it's just one being of course but all that information is just being uh, uh, shuttled in there but the the intuition is still part of us here it is not through a veil um, even though it's it, it's something that we need to train of course just like we need to train our logical uh, intellectual portions of the mind like they said there's a part where they say um, it contains what you know as feeling emotions and intellectual thoughts in its con its more conscious complexities see feelings emotions and intellectual thoughts are all part of that part of the mind everything that's being processed here is in essence intellectual thoughts and most importantly feelings and emotions very important to keep that in mind because the whole purpose of us being here is to process this feelings and emotions so it's um it's a very useful thing to know that what we are producing here is just that is the interaction with the illusion the maya that we call to balance our emotions and feelings towards those scenarios this is why this is called a simulation if you think about it the reality as we know it is an illusion that means that every single experience that is happening is only informing yourself on how to uh, behave how to react to certain things and only new only you know the answer this is why this is a simulation your body is not real when it, it ceases and you die quote-unquote you just um, simply cease to exist in the chemical uh, complex that is this body but you continue bring all your emotions and feelings and all your database together with the mind body spirit complex that exists in time space so again you can keep going back uh, going back to the, uh, to the illustration we can see that 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 portion that is outside of the the earth is the one interacting however intuition is the one that is informing us that's why they say moving further down to the tree of mind we see the intuition which is of the nature of the mind more in contact or in tune with the total beingness complex now see the total beingness, beingness complex as the leaves all the way to the octave which is represented as then nice spiral um chakra in the um in the octave in the pink almost pinkish color uh light purple <laughs> so that is the total being so the intuition for us is the one that is more in contact with that uh, the total beingness and this is really important to know because we know that our intuition is the one that is in contact more in contact with the rest of what we truly are so this explains why it's emphasized so much that we pay attention to our intuition more than anything else intuition goes over uh, intellect most of the time so 
going back to the slide or the, um, the illustration, we can see that when they say, moving down to the roots of the mind, we find the progression of consciousness being gradually turned into the personal, to the racial, to the cosmic influxes. And those are the uh, parts of the mind that I explained already, where they um, it's all a hierarchical structure in terms of what informs what and how much information is in that part of the mind. And um, that's all, in the end, the direct contactor with what we call the spirit complex, which we can see that tunnel that we see under the earth going from the roots of the mind all the way to the octave or intelligent infinity or the creator however else you want to see it so that is how the mind is structured that way and just to finish up with the illustration uh, the spirit complex is the channel whereby the inpourings from all the various universal planetary and personal inpourings maybe funnel see uh, you can see that the spirit complex is the one that connects the mind uh, to to the spirit um, to the intelligent infinity. Let's put it that way. So the spirit complex is the the tunnel that exists between the mind and intelligent infinity. That is in essence what we have. So as you can see, uh, we have a one connection with everything, and this. The mind is, in essence, everything in that way. So um, this is why when, when we think about ourselves, it's important to know that there is a connection of the self all the way to, the, um, to intelligent infinity. Now, I know the tree looks like it's you know from the top, from top to bottom. And, Forget about the tree for now. Let's go to the chakras because this will help us also understand the uh, the way we are made. First, even though the chakras are related to everything because we are just a fractal of everything, it's also cool to know that our three bottom chakras are associated with body. And this is our body. Then we have the mind, which is the heart and our throat, Shin, as it said in Chinese, the mind, uh, the mind brain, or the brain, um, not the mind brain, the heart mind, um, <laughs> that informs, in essence, everything. So you can see the mind as being the heart, right, which is the the real mind, and um, our blue chakra, throat chakra, is what's informing ourselves of this reality then we get into the spirit complex which can actually be seen as the third eye the third eye being the connector you see the spirit complex starts with the third eye and it extends and goes into seventh chakra which is the spirit complex itself or the tunnel so it's like one having two ends of one tunnel or one shuttle or one pipe or tunnel whatever you want to see it you know that that channel is the spirit complex between six and seven and those two connect you to the next octave or the intelligent infinity which is always present in the octave and intelligent infinity in essence it's all there so um this is it's a, it's a really good way to perceive 
how our bodies are just this manifestation. The mind being everything, and the mind being the one that needs to be balanced. Ra said in healing that balancing the mind is probably the most difficult and more, uh, they use a word saying that it's almost like it's, that requires the, the, uh, the most work to do with the mind. If we can understand the mind, the mind is really what matters here. The body, not so much. The body you have to take care of, of course, like Ra said. You have to take care of the basic needs, you know, it's just, that's it. The rest is luxury in your body. The basic needs, of course, needs, it means taking care of your body. So it's not like you just don't want to take care of your body. Uh, but the mind is everything. And as you understand even more the mind, then you can understand even more your body. And the spirit is just connecting with who you truly are. That is why when they say raise your consciousness, that's what it means. Just raise your consciousness all the way from bodily, defensive. We have to overthrow the government. We have to survive, 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 survive. You're living down here. The mind is in, interested in everything. It's very intellectual. It understands everything. It, 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 it takes uh, control of the emotions and the feelings and it balances it out. That's what the mind is. It's creating the hard work and the spirit is just reminding you of who you are and it's funneling in everything that you are. And the more you can um, expand your consciousness or raise your consciousness, the more you can funnel that energy that is coming from intelligent infinity, the creator, which is making you unique. And with that, I think I have extended myself enough here. Like I said, I can probably talk about this and philosophize for a long time, but I don't want to make this video uh, longer than it already is. We have more questions to cover. Uh, so I'm just going to finish with rereading the last part that Ross says. You will see by this series of definite, uh, definitive statements that mind, body and spirit are inextricably intertwined and cannot continue one without the other. Of course, it's like chopping the tree. You know, how can the roots work without the leaves and the leaves without the roots and so on. Uh, so thus we referred to the mind-body-spirit complex rather than attempting to deal with them separately for the work, shall we say, that you do during your experiences is done through the interaction of the, these three components, like I said, these three components, the body, the mind, and the spirit. The body is needed to be manifested here, otherwise your mind couldn't, be, <laughs> couldn't exist. The mind, the body is the creature of the mind. It's like tendrils that comes down, you know, the, uh, from the mind, and it's just us. It's an extension of the mind. And of course, the spirit is the one that is funneling all the information. So, um, again, that's it. Uh, done through the interaction of three components, not through any one. That's uh, with the complexity that we got. This last is like, yeah, we got your. Uh... All right. So, I hope that made sense. Please leave me any comments as usual. Because I love talking about this. Um, now, let's go to the next question. That was only question two. <laughs> Question 30.3, Don says, Upon our physical death, as we call it, from this particular density, in this particular incarnative experience, we lose this chemical body. Immediately after the loss of this chemical body, do we maintain a different type of body? Is there still a mind-body-spirit complex at that point? Uh, Ron says, this is correct. The mind-body-spirit complex is quite intact. The physical body complex you now associate with the term body 
being but manifestation of a more dense and intelligently informed and powerful body complex. So again, Ra uh, is elaborating more on, uh, Don wanted to know if there was uh, another mind-body-spirit complex, which is correct. We do have a mind-body-spirit complex. I alluded to this in the previous uh, question or the one before, I forgot already. <laughs> but uh, there is a mind-body-spirit complex that is quite intact, like I said. Remember, physical death is just the ceasing of the chemical complex that is the projection of the real mind-body-spirit complex that exists in time-space. So, the physical body complex you now associated with the term body being but manifestation of a more dense and intelligently informed and powerful body complex. Uh, the mind-body-spirit complex that is in time-space is not in, uh, it's not affected by the veil. So that's why they say a much more intelligently informed, dense and powerful body complex. Um, this body complex, of course, being the manifestation. A manifestation of yourself in uh, whatever it may be, in this case, time space, of course, um, which is eternal. That's why all cultures have always said that, no worries, relax, you're eternal. This is just but manifestation. All deep philosophers, real philosophers, when I say real philosophers are those that always said, we have no idea, We, since we can measure spirit, we cannot say that it doesn't exist, so we must at least consider the possibility that it exists and we are eternal in that way. So, <laughs> um, I don't know, I don't care. It, it has to be that way. It only makes sense. You can't have white without black. So we can't have a physical manifestation without a unmanifested physical manifestation or metaphysical, as the word actually uh, ascribes to. So, next question. Question 30.4, Don says, is there any loss to the mind or spirit after this transition, which we call death, or any impairment of either because of the loss of this chemical body that we now have? This is the question that everybody wants an answer. And Ra says, in your terms, there is a great loss of mind complex due to the fact that much of the activity of a mental nature of which you are aware during the experience of this space-time continuum is much of a surface illusion, as is the chemical body complex. Okay, the first time I read this, I say, whoa, what happened? We do lose a great deal. So let me... <laughs> Let me, uh, if you didn't catch it, uh, like I did, or like I didn't, let me explain it. They say there is a great loss of mind complex due to the fact that much of the activity of a mental nature that which we are aware during the experience of this. So basically, much of our awareness here is part of an illusion, uh, as is the chemical body complex. They compare it exactly to the body. So losing your body, this physical manifestation, dense fleshy thing doesn't mean you're going to lose your uh, etheric body or bodies depending on which school mystery school you uh, you subscribe to so you don't lose that physical body in fact um, you only gain even more information for that body what you lose uh, the great loss is this this illusion and that's why ancients have been saying for the longest do not associate yourself with this because you will lose it this you will lose 
you will lose your association with your car, your money, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, your... Uh, and I mean not the person itself, because the person does have a soul and a mind-body-spirit complex outside of here, but your projection of them, who they are for you, your ownerships, all the things that you are attached to. The Buddhists call cutting the cords, cut the cords to everything, because you are not attached to this. And there is a great loss of mind. This is also why in near-death experiences, everybody reports, I just wanted to have more time with my family, do meaningful things, and blah, 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 blah. Because all of that, and I don't mean to demean, you know, with the blah, 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 but, you know, just to <laughs> encompass everything else that they say, that is of a nature of enjoying life, having an experience, and not attaching yourself to anything, not even to your body. So um, that's what they mean by... You know, there's a great loss of that because of our attachment to this illusion and much like the chemical complex. But they elaborate further and I'll keep reading. Ra says, in other terms, nothing whatever of importance is lost. The character or, shall we say, pure distillation of emotions and biases or distortions and wisdoms, if you will, becoming obvious for the first time, shall we say, these pure emotions and wisdoms and bias distortions being, for the most part, either ignored or underestimated during physical life experience. In terms of the spiritual, this channel is then much open due to the lack of necessity for the forgetting characteristic of third density. We can unpack this and have a beautiful experience here together. Okay, so they say, in other terms, nothing whatever of important is lost. We don't lose anything that is important. We just lose the association with the illusion. And, you know, it's just like... Um, all right, I'm not going to put examples here, but you can imagine how you can be uh, illusion or illusion with, uh, with something or somebody. And then when it's gone, it's gone. You know, it's just... Oof, it's done. It's gone. That's how it's going to happen. Now... Uh, the character or the pure distillation of emotions and biases or distortions and wisdoms, if you will, becoming obvious for the first time. Everything, like I said, of all importance, your emotions, your feelings, the way you treated other people, how you dealt with yourself, how you dealt you know, with nature, uh, how all of those interactions becoming obvious for the first time, shall we say, uh, because these pure emotions, pure emotions and wisdoms and bias distortions, so your directions, your orientations, all of this becoming, uh, for the most part, either ignored or underestimated during physical life experience. All of this, we, uh, for the most part, we ignore it. We just take it for like, ah, oh, it was an emotion. Oh my God, I felt this. Oh, who cares about that? You know, we are very concerned with the physical illusion. And, um, you know, now for the first time when we die, we just become aware of that and it becomes overwhelming, you know, at the beginning or at the end, <laughs> depending on how you want to see it, at the beginning of the end of your life. Um, so, you know, all of this is in terms... Okay, so, so yeah, let me pack that up. That's, uh, that's just, you know, what, what's important, what we take with us. In terms of the spiritual, okay, this channel um, is then open due to the lack of necessity. Lack, okay, that we don't need anymore the forgetting characteristic of third density. The veil is dissipated. Now we are more aware and the inpourings of the uh, spiritual complex now coming from Intelligent Infinity is a lot more obvious and much more open because uh, as we go through the veil we just kind of constrict ourselves in views and everything 
to do work, to do, have an experience. So, whew, I love this part. All right, last couple of questions. I think I'm not gonna get into um, the evolution part. We'll leave that for part two. So Don says, I would like to know how the mind-body-spirit complexes originate. How, going back as far as necessary, does the do they originate by spirit forming mind uh, and mind forming body? Can you tell me this? Ron's going to explain. We ask you to consider that you are attempting to trace evolution. This evolution is, as we have previously described, the consciousness being first in first density, without movement, a random thing. Whether you may call this mind or body complex is a semantic problem. We call it mind-body complex, recognizing always that in the simplest iota of this complex exists, in its entirety, the one infinite creator. The mind-body complex then, in second density, discovering the growing and turning towards the light, thus awakening what you may call the spirit complex, that which intensifies the upward spiraling towards the love, light, love and light of the infinite creator. And I will pause here and I will just reread that part because uh, Don wants to know how the mind-body-spirit complex uh, originates. So, Ryan's saying, you know, listen, you know, we've talked about this in the past and we have, you know, the evolution of how, um, I mean, we talked about it now in the uh, description of intelligent infinity becoming intelligent energy, intelligent energy becoming what we call, uh, what we call the observable universe or the material universe. Then we talked about also in the past, we talked about the evolution from uh, first density to second to third. So we have talked about this. Uh, this is all, if you haven't, go watch, I believe session 19, probably see it here, um, and session 27 through uh, 29. We talked about all this stuff. And that's what they're referring to, as far as I can understand or remember from the previous sessions, but they're uh, recapping here. The consciousness being first, in first density, without movement, okay? There is no movement, a random thing. That is consciousness, okay? Consciousness in intelligent energy. Whether you may call this mind or body complex is a semantic problem because, see, uh, let's put it this way. Intelligent energy is a body because it's energy, everything in the universe being energy, so it is energy. And it also, it, it also contains mind. That's why they're saying, you know, they recognize that the one infinite creator is in every particle of light. So intelligent energy is a manifestation of it. And guess what? It, it does have a mind. So they call it mind body because they cannot call it spirit because it's no, it's not yet aware of itself, that portion of itself. It's just that first part of the evolution. So that's what they're saying there. And they go on to say the mind body complex then in second density we know this already from previous session session 19 especially discovering the growing and turning towards the light so thus awakening what you may call the spirit complex this is the graduation from second density to third density and second density is that is like i said you know from the beginning first density becomes second density that's where this creation starts in the manifested space time and time space uh, now we can see the growth towards the light love of the creation. So love light becomes seeking light love and just goes like a toroidal field. I don't know, just the way I like to describe it. So, um, does awakening what you may call the spirit complex, 
that which intensifies the upward spiraling towards the love and light of the infinite creator us we are looking for that four density fifth density sixth density even up to seventh density all right let's go to the last parts um when ra says the addition of the spirit complex though apparent rather than real it having existed potentially from the beginning of space time perfects itself by graduation into third density when the mind body spirit complex becomes aware of the possibility of service to self or other self then the mind body spirit complex is activated and i love this part because um this is just me interpreting and speculating so uh let's get into this Whew. you see already from this model that we have a mind body that is being automatically created by let's say a programming of intelligent energy by the logos by the creator whatever you know matter being formed animals being uh seeking starting the seeking and in that seeking the animals are feeling the spiritual inpourings even though they don't have a spiritual complex yet they are mind body complexes they are feeling them and that is what graduates them into third density now i perceive this as spirit like they say is apparent uh rather than real um they said it existed potentially from the beginning of space-time because from the beginning spirit was, was always permeating reality so spirit is almost like the um the downward spiraling energy that goes if you want to see it that way from the densities the downward spiraling energy coming to the mind body and sort of uh, uh making the the animals or the plants or the minerals uh grasp their spiritual complex and as they do this they graduate once they graduate now the spirit complex has a porsche or a responsibility if you will probably a bad word but it has a a part to play in the evolution or further evolution of this complex that we now call mind body spirit complex now the spirit complex comes into play with us accepting this importing this is why in third density us we are trying to connect as much as possible with that intelligent infinity that we are attached to by our third eye by our perception of reality through a sacred uh, understanding of this creation so this is the activation like they said and um i don't think i can explain this even further i mean when the mind body spirit complex becomes aware of the possibility of service to self or other self then the mind body spirit complex is activated this is the third density this is when the mind body spirit complex is activated which is a point in our evolution again this is this is a long time ago we have been through this uh i mean now i'm talking about the law of one series but we have been through this in thousands of incarnations probably so we already know we have that awareness of service to self so our mind our spiritual complex has been activated for a long time so um but you know rai is just explaining you know from the animal to the human the first incarnation perhaps maybe of um of the possibility the probability is very high that they perceive the uh, depending on where the tribe might be at the time who knows i'm just trying to imagine things but 
uh, yeah, this is this is the point where the spirit complex is actually um, uh, activated. So I think uh, this is this is all we have for today. It's already an hour, and um, I'm not going to cover the evolution. Next questions for next part. It's going to be a little bit more about evolution. We have a lingering question from session 29 that I remember when Don wanted to ask something about the evolution of the planets and Ra gave an answer. If you didn't watch, go watch session 29. Uh, I thought it was funny how uh, Ra gave a different answer, but still gave us some pretty good in insights. Uh, so Don is going to structure this question better for next uh, for the next video, the same, same session. And we have other minor questions, so I hope uh, this actually helped in understanding the mind-body-spirit complex that we are not only in physical but metaphysical form as well. And I want to make conclusions here. My biggest conclusion since we talked about the mind complex specifically is to realize that we are not separate creatures. Again, we, we want to commune with that uh, idea that we are not separate creatures from everything that's happening around the world. We not only have, and even if we feel like we're part of everything, but we're limited because we have a veil, and trust me, I get a lot of questions and um, people uh, complaining, sort of, <laughs> complaining about why do we have a veil? Why can I, can I not have access? And, you know, that, that's a deep question or a deep answer. But uh, you don't, you have the veil, but you have the possibility to penetrate it. You are not separate by the veil. You are empowered by the veil because it allows you to explore things in a more real sense. If you were aware of who you were here, then you wouldn't be so invested in this reality. You wouldn't have such intense experiences. But in the same way, as now we know that, we can see that those intense experiences are not real. They are mere illusions that are informing us of our true self. So understanding the mind in this way, it really, really empowers you because it shows you that you have access not only to your personal unconscious or the racial unconscious, cosmic brothers, family, here we go, hug, hug each other. No, planetary consciousness too. Planetary consciousness, we're all one. Oh, we're separate in this earth. No, we have access also to the logoic consciousness or mind, the sun's mind. We can derive information from there. Not only there, from the galaxy, from everything. You are tethered to the creator. But the deeper you go, the more balance you need to have with your mind and body. And that's where the adept or the seeking of the adept really goes to. So uh, these are important things to me to emphasize because it does show us how we are connected with everything and that our purpose is just to keep seeing everything as an experience and know that this is a simulation for us to distill this information. The last thing I'll say for this conclusion is that remember that you have an individual part of you that is not being guided by any other part of the creation, meaning the creation from uh, third density all the way to sixth density. Because people may say, well, I'm manipulated, you know, I'm influenced by this or that. Well, if you see the creation as a whole globe, just put it as a globe, you know, from first 
from a second density to sixth density, none of that has whatsoever any influence in who you are. And how do you know that? Because once you are able to tap your energy or your intelligence, your mind from your own um, uppourings of yourself, what is feeding you, the creator, the one infinite creator that nobody can actually meet or see or uh, separate from itself, is feeding you a specific, uh, let's call it fate, that you, you love. Because in the end, we're all perfect. Perfect beings. So what I'm trying to say is that if you see that we all have different personalities, that is because what is being manifested here is a unique portion of the creator that decided to experience itself as that, as you, as me, as anybody else. So you become a lot more in tune with who you are and you see the uniqueness, not only of yourself, but of others. And you see that you're not unique because you're special more than others. You're unique because you are special among so many others. And we're all just like different trees in the woods. We all have our special uh, arrangement and our contribution, and we all have roots to the one mind of the creator, of Gaia, of the solar system, or whatever. So those are my conclusions. Uh, I hope they're helpful. Thank you so much for watching this uh, explanation. Please, I should probably say this more, as I see a lot of you who are not subscribed, please subscribe, uh, share this with somebody else that want to subscribe. I normally, for the past year, didn't ask too much for this because I just like putting the information there, but I would like this to reach more people. So um, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. It does help the algorithms of YouTube and um, just get more people in the mix. Uh, like as well, put the comments, notification bell. As much interaction with this video you can have, the more it's gonna help to spread this out. If you have watched all the way to here, you probably love this, so you may want to have other people enjoy it. So sharing all that stuff, it's great. I thank you so much, and everybody else will thank you as well. So next video is gonna finish session 30. We're gonna go into those last questions that I had left here for evolution, and those loose questions that we have in terms of astronomy as well. And that's it. Thank you again. I will see you in the next video. Take care.